The Sports Complex with Patrick Davis on The Horn. Welcome back to the Sports Complex on a Monday afternoon and a great Monday afternoon for Texas fans. On the show today, we will recap Texas versus Texas Tech in the game that was on senior night. Patrick's Big Fat Poll today. Play some sound from Hook Him Up with Ian Rod B. We'll get into uh, Texas basketball. Had a win on Sunday as well. We'll talk some about that. Some NFL talk as well. Another coach is fired. We'll get into all of that on the show today. And of course... Your text messages, 512-447-3776 is the the text line, 512-447-3776. If you guys want to join the conversation, we always love having you uh, joining the conversation here on the Sports Complex. I hope everybody had a, a good vacation or a break. If you got that, you had a good Thanksgiving and got some good food and enjoyed your time over uh, the holiday, I know as more holidays are coming up, but it is. Uh, it was a good. It was a good break. I hope everybody had fun. I uh, got to see the family, and then got to see friends, and then got to see more friends, and so it was a good break uh, to go get all that, and then lots of food, and get sent home with food, which is always a plus. But then you're trying to eat right, and then you still have food, so I don't want to waste food. But I know that you know I gotta I gotta be careful because I got too much food now, and I gotta pace it out and. And portion control's never been my thing. I'm not much one for moderation, so uh, I've got that. I've got that going on. But it was a good weekend for sports, uh, for the most part. It ended. It ended a little sour. It ended a little sour with the Texans game. But other than that, had some good games going on. And you know, maybe in college football, we could add a couple other things, swing slightly different. We've been a little bit happier. But my take we get because Texas wins fifty-seven to seven over Texas Tech, and you all know that. You all watched the game. You all saw Texas play their most complete game of the season at a time where you really had to do that. At a time where you really needed to is when you get down to the end of the season and people are starting to question, is Texas a legitimate team? Because they keep playing these teams back in. and Are they a legitimate team? Is this a team that could actually compete on the highest levels? You have to go out there and have a big game. Texas does. 57 to 7. And the one time you allow them to score, it was because you got a short field. They they were able to get into the end zone. You were able to hold Baron Morton, the quarterback that, you know, was starting to play better, and people some people thought was going to step up and possibly go to town on this defense. He, we hold him to 88 yards. He has three interceptions in the game. Taj Brooks, we asked the poll question. Would Taj Brooks get to 100 yards? The answer was no. 95. Still had a good game. The guy's a really good running back, but 95. 95 is that number. 
a lot of good things happen in this game. You saw the running back room play really well. You saw the defensive line still play at a very high level, but the secondary started to pick up its play a little bit more. The linebackers, the defense seemed like it was playing together. The communication seemed really good on the defense. The aggressiveness throughout the entire game. And look, I like the fact that you're going to start putting in some subs at the end of the game because I know you don't want to necessarily rush Jalen Ford and Anthony Hill in the fourth quarter. That may seem cruel, but you can rush your backups in there. Get them get some playing time. You got to go get it done. And, and you know, if you want to go out there and you want to show the commissioner and show everybody else and show Joey McGuire and, and the people in Lubbock that, that they may not want this matchup every year, the matchup they're clamoring for, maybe they don't want it every year. You had to go show them that, and you did that in this game. It was good to see Texas play a complete game. There's not a lot you can pick apart uh, that Texas did wrong. I'm sure there's a few things you can put, that there are some penalties that you still would not like to have, some mistakes you'd still like to have. Uh, you know, Quinn Ewers did not have a uh, you know an insane electric game, but he didn't, wouldn't, didn't really need to. You had to run the ball a lot in that second half. He, he didn't play at the end. We got to see Arch Manning come in which, I mean, I don't even think we were supposed to see Arch Manning come in. It was supposed to be Malik Murphy coming in the game, but he gets hurt uh, on a uh, off-the-field play. So we get to see Arch Manning in the first of him, which is fun for all the Texas fans, and Texas fans just had a really good day after Thanksgiving. Everybody had a fun time at DKR. Sark spoke to the media today, uh, and he uh, spoke about the Texas Tech game and kind of wrapped up, gave his thoughts on uh, how Texas played such a complete game and uh, hopefully he'll learn from this. Here's start talking about uh, how Texas played a complete game against Texas Tech. As just far as the ball game and a little bit of a review from uh, from from the Tech game, man, our, I, th- I thought our, our defense and special teams were really just terrific uh, Friday night. Um, you know, we, we really controlled the field position in the game. You know, anytime you can, you know, create three turnovers have a turnover on downs, uh, block a punt, return a kickoff for a touchdown, and create explosive returns in the punt return game, as well as when you punt the ball to pin them down deep in their own end twice. Um, that's, that's controlling the field position in the game. And quite frankly, the one drive that they did have for the touchdown was when they got the one kick return that got out across the 50, they got the short field and scored. So we see the value uh, in field position that way. So uh, that, that, that was huge. I thought the run game um, was fantastic the other night. Having our third rusher this year go for over 100 yards in, in Jaden Blue, I think just continues to show the depth in that running back room. And I thought we saw, again, more glimpses of Savion Red as well as you know young Trey Wisner. He's been doing great things for us on special teams, but to see him run the ball was huge. And so, uh, again, I think our versatility showed up as a team. Uh, Friday night, you know, we, we can win games a lot of different ways, and, and we're very complimentary of each side of the ball and special teams of working well together. Uh, and I think that's one thing about our team that I'm excited about, uh, that I continue to praise us for, is the fact that we can win games a lot of different ways, and our style of play can travel because whatever's needed for that game, uh, we're more than capable of playing that style of game and being effective. Um, I think it was also great that a lot of young guys got to play. Um, like I said, that, that two offensive line that was in there 
for, for a heck of a drive. You know, we get the ball at our own nine-yard line. We go 91 yards in eight minutes, uh, cap it off with a touchdown run by Trey Wisner. Um, but, but to think that that was all young players in there. It was Jonte Cook. Uh, it was DeAndre Moore. It was Trey Wisner. You know, Juan Davis, uh, you know, a lot of all of our young offensive linemen, Jaden Chapman, all those guys were in there. Obviously, Arch was in there, a couple really good third down conversions. So that was a heck of a drive for those guys, 13 plays to cap it off with a touchdown. So uh, encouraged by that as well, that our younger players are developing and that people got a chance to see them. Uh, because you don't, you know, you don't always get to see them it live in game, but we see them a lot in practice and their development. So a lot of good came out of Friday night. And that's some good stuff you saw there. there. There's some good points in this of the development, that player development has been a huge issue at Texas for the last several years. And we saw the player development when some young guys were coming in and able to step up and play that their season, they've grown over this season, even without being on the field. The fact of the running back room, the fact of the running back room, you you had this team that, you know, you lose Bichon and Roshan, you lose those two guys and, and with Bijan gone, you think, uh, how are you possibly going to replace a player that electric? And how can you replace, uh, you know, the production that this team was able to get? Especially when you look at how many times those guys were able to get past the first guy and and get a hit behind the line of scrimmage and still get ahead and get big plays. And all of a sudden, Jonathan Brooks comes out, and Jonathan Brooks is one of the best running backs in the country. And you say, all right, the running back room is safe because we've got another guy. And when you watch this game, and I get it's Texas Tech, they don't have the best run defense in the league. You know, these guys are not going to be able to do this week in and week out. However, to see that you have a a lot of options at the running back position now, to see that, you know, C.J. Baxter, he doesn't get a ton of carries, doesn't get a ton of yards, gets five yards of carry, though. So that's a pretty good average if you're saying five yards of carry. Jane Bluey just said in that clip, 121 yards rushing in the game. Of course, a big uh, 60-plus yard run. For Jaden Blue. Savion Red had 72 yards. Wisner had 60 yards. You saw guys, and yeah, it's the end of the game. You know, these are garbage, but they're still getting the ball and moving it upfield. They're still being able to run the ball. That's a great sign that Tashard Choice has this running back room operating at a high level. And you want to be able to see the running back room. You want to see this in all your positions, but when you start to see it, that's one of your examples that you can take out of this game and say that running back room. Everyone is growing, and Bijan and Iroshan, I think, set the trend last year of kind of pushing forward and, and teaching and making it a running back room that you could be proud of. Uh, when we talk about the culture of it and everything else, I think those two guys kind of set the mold, and now we're seeing Jonathan Brooks take that to the next level. And then you have a young guy in C.J. Baxter who's having a great uh, having a great season when he can stay out on the field, and he's doing really well. And to then add in Jaden Blue, just know he finally gets his playing time and he's able to come out there and do what he does. Savion Red is transfer is moving over to that position and what he's able to do. To see a young guy like Wisner, not to mention a Keelan Robinson who has a, a touchdown, which was a reception, but then they said it was a backwards pass, so it became a running touchdown in a big play early on to get Texas uh, pushing up that score and a kick return. I mean, that's just a really good running back room when you can say that three of three, there's two NFL running backs, uh, you know, Jonathan Brooks will be one when he gets healthy and goes into the NFL, and you're still able to put up that kind of run game. 
That means a lot, though, the offensive line and their play, and that means a lot for the running back room. Sark spoke about the running back room growth, that there was a lot of worries, and I was definitely leading, you know, I was I was patting on my chest asking who was going to be the running back on this team because we saw in the Washington game, in the bowl game against Washington, that this running back room couldn't get going against Washington, and you had a lot of worries, and everybody, I think, had a lot of worries that this running back, there could be a problem. And it just has not been that case this year. Uh, here's Sark talking about the running back room growth. Yeah, you know, we um, anytime you lose two NFL players at one position in the same year and the experience that, that Bijan and Roshan had, you know, I mean, quite frankly, it had been almost three full years of those guys really carrying the load and definitely the two years since that I was here with them where they, they really carried the load and Jonathan kind of got his, his run sparingly in there. Um, there's going to be some question marks, you know, and because you don't really know until you know, until there's live bullets. And it's, it's been a unique year at that position for us in that, you know, CJ started the year. Jonathan comes in when CJ gets injured and has a fantastic season and, and arguably was going to go down as one of the great seasons ever here. And, and unfortunately, he gets injured. CJ gets healthy enough. He comes back. Um, and has a fantastic game, uh, you know, at, at Iowa State. And last week it was Jaden Blue, and then here comes Savion Red, and here's Trey Wisner, and Keelan Robinson all along the way has two touchdowns. And so I, I think it just points to um, we try to recruit players that fit us systematically. Um, I, I think there's a culture in that room that Coach Choice and Bijan and Roshan kind of have started that all those other guys have bought into that I think there's a real work ethic uh, that those guys have and, and belief that, that when their number's called, they can play at a high level. I think there's a physical brand of football that those guys play with. You know, when they watch him run, I mean, you go all the way to Trey Wisner at the end of that game, the way he was running that ball was not much different than Savion Red or Jaden Blue or Sed Baxter or Jonathan Brooks. I mean, I think there's a mentality uh, in which those guys run the ball. Um, and so, again, it's, it's a credit to all parties involved of the development of all the players in that room. And we've got a ton of confidence in those guys. And so, um, you know, we're in good shape today. I think our future is very bright moving forward in that room. And, um, but as, as everybody knows here, that room's really important to me because of, you know, we're, we're at our best as a team when we can run the ball well. Uh, we can control the game. We can go fast. We can slow it down. We can help the defense. We can help the play action pass and the quarterback. We force people to deploy uh, people to stop the run. That, that helps the passing game. So all in all, like that is a huge component to what we do. And knowing that we've got uh, multiple guys in that room that we can lean on uh, is, is big for us. So there's some good stuff about the offense and, and how this offense puts up 57 points, which – I think you were thinking maybe you could get to 40 in this game. 40 would have been a good number, and they get to 57 is a number I didn't think they were going to get to. Of course, I don't know how many of us thought this was going to definitely be this game because they haven't blown anybody out. They haven't blown anybody out since 49-0. to zero. So they say, okay, well, let's go, you know, take care of business at the end of the season against a, a team that wants to be a rival, against a team that tries to put up a good fight against you. The defense is now on the other side holding them to seven points, and we can say special teams is a huge part of this, positioning, 
and getting down on guys coming, bringing the ball back out and, and getting stops and not allowing uh, field position to be lost in the special teams game for, for Burt Auburn, for the field goals and setting records and just, you know, now that Sark maybe got over a little bit of that having to go for it on fourth down and he sees how much better the momentum and the flow of the game is going when you don't allow fourth down stops to just kick those field goals, go play some defense, get the ball back and go again. And you see that, you know, you can say t- field goals don't beat touchdowns, but at the end of the day, if they're not, if you're not allowing any points, field goals plus touchdowns beats the crap out of everybody. So we saw what Texas was able to do on the offensive end and special teams and on the defense to hold a team to seven points. You know, and we know that they've struggled. We knew that they were going to try and run the ball uh, against Texas with Taj Boy, uh, Taj Brooks, who's been a, a really good player for for Texas Tech, but he wasn't able to get. He was able to get you know a decent game, but was never able to break any big ones. Wasn't able to go the bend but don't break defense of Texas transformed a bit into a barely bend, not very malleable defense. But one of the things they were able to do was get back, make a play, and get back on an on an offense that wanted to hurry up. And something that really caused Texas problems early in this year was hurry up offenses and trying when teams were trying to go fast on them. Texas wasn't able to get back. They seemed to have fixed that problem. They seemed to have worked on that problem some. Here's Sark talking about the defense and the defense's ability to start playing faster. Not just playing with speed, but being able to play faster. Yeah, no, I, I think there's a combination of things in that. Um, you know, um, I think you have the ability to play fast when you know what to do, right? I, I think anytime you have doubt or you're wondering or you're uncertain, um, your, your tendency is to play slower. Your reaction time is a little bit slower because you want to make sure am I right? And when, when, you, when you're playing that way, you're always going to be a step behind. So I think, A, I credit the coaches of preparing our players. I think, two, you play fast when you're all on the same accord, right? When there is that great communication um, between your, you know, your linebacker, your D-line, your, your safety, your nickel, and everybody's you know, kind of working in unison. And so you can trust that guy next to you that he's going to do his job so you can go cut it loose to go make your play. Um, and then the third piece to it is I think, you know, as a coach, you just try to manage your practice habits as the season goes on. And you're, you're always as fresh as you can be at the start of a season and fast and physical. But as the season goes on, there's the wear and tear of it. And so, you know, I've always been one to kind of trust my gut on different things. And so one thing that was unique last week, we didn't put pads on one time going into that game against Texas Tech. You know, we literally just wore helmets or walked through, and we probably played as fast and as physical of a game as, as we've had all year from a defensive perspective and at the line of scrimmage on offense. But that's because the players earned my trust, right? And, and I think they knew how to practice without pads on. They knew how to walk through and still be mentally focused, and then that would allow them to play as fast as they could uh, come Friday night on a short week. And so every week is a little bit different for us on not necessarily the structure of practice, but what we wear for that day. Um, and I felt like that's what was needed for us to be at our best that Friday night, uh, and it played, paid dividends for us. And that's what you want to see from a coaching staff 
too, is is to have a coaching staff that values health at points and realizes that this Texas Tech team is not going to be as physical as some other teams you may have played. So you say, all right, well, we, you know, we need to be able to get up there and get, get to the line. We need our guys to be healthy. We're pretty banged up. We keep getting hurt. I'll play the injury update, too. Just a second. Uh, we need to play at that level. And so to pull off pads and, and trust him and give them a little bit more uh, pep in their step when it gets to be game day that they can go out there and they're ready to go. They feel good and their body's doing that. You want to see that. Everything seems to be putting together into a way that Texas is heading in the right direction. They're still not where they need to be, but they're heading in that right direction. The Texas Tech game showed you so many different aspects of that uh, that you wanted to see. You can't get too cocky, of course. We all know that. We all know that. But you can love it. And I think part of a huge part of this defensive identity has come from the two men starting in the middle on the line. And as they've continued to dominate, to allow the team to follow their lead of playing just at another level of football. And if you look at what Devondre Sweat and Byron Murphy are doing and just really playing at a high level each and every single game, and even when there's some other guys are letting down, those guys are still playing at a high level. And what they're able to do, and and this game especially, just shut things down and push through that offensive line. You know, and, and I think they're they've kind of earned their spot as the big dogs on campus in the defensive locker room and the leaders of this defensive locker room now because of what they're doing. And, you know, we've seen in the last couple of weeks, there's been some guys that talk trash. And we saw at Iowa State, there was the old lineman who, who said that uh, they, they think their S doesn't stink. And what is And what do they do? They go show everybody in the locker room. And apparently – that it was floating around the Brett Yormark comments and Joey McGuire comments and all of that. that and so they said, all right, let's go show that around. I think that they're able to lightheartedly but seriously tell these guys, man, people don't think we can go out there and do what we can do. We know what we can do because we see it in practice and we see what we can do on game day, and we're letting it slip. Me and me and Byron Murphy aren't, and Tavondre Sweat and Byron Murphy aren't. Those guys are playing at another level, and I think their leadership so far this season and what it's turned into as they continue to, pro- to, to prove themselves throughout this season, it is changing this defense and getting everybody to play just a little step faster. So to see that now those two guys are going up, uh, I like the question Sark was asked today is what I'm going to. Is Sark was asked, how do you kind of differentiate into awards season for, for college football when you have a Tavondre Sweat and a Byron Murphy who are both on the D-line, how do you kind of get both of them awards and who takes the lead in this? I just like Sark's answer about this one. No, I, I think that's, that's, that's a fair question. You know, um, they're both have had fantastic seasons. Um, you know, I, I, I believe they're the best tandem in the country from what I can watch and the teams we played against. And I mean, they work so well with one another. They're different styles of players. Um, you know, Sweat has got such athleticism for a big man and can impact the game in a variety of ways. He can rush the passer. He can defend the run and make critical plays on a lot of these fourth down stops and third down stops. He gets his hands on the ball uh, when he isn't able to get into the backfield. and, and he, he has got a lot of tips and, not, and batted balls. Where Murphy is such a penetrator, you know, and he's such a bulldog. He's, his effort is through the roof. And so I think they play really well off of one another. Um, 
You know, that quite frankly, you know, I'm hopeful one of them is the Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year, and the other one is the Big 12 Defensive Lineman of the Year. And I think they're more than deserving of that. Um, they have impacted our team in a way that, uh, you know, when you think about we lead the nation on third down defense, we lead the nation in red zone defense. Um, and those are, those are two you know, really cool numbers to have when you talk about you know, defensive football, that, that nobody's better than us on third down, nobody's better than us at stopping people in the red area. Um, and, and sometimes total defense can get a little skewed because yards are just yards. But are you stopping people on third down and getting them off the field? Are you stopping people from scoring touchdowns when they're when they're in the red area? Uh, those are those are big numbers. So uh, I'm fired up for our defense, but I think a lot of that starts uh, and ends with what we do up front on the interior defensive line, and that's that's Sweat and Murphy. So um, just fired up for those guys for the year that they've had so far. Yeah, I think every Texas fan is fired up for the year that those guys have had. Uh, let's hit the injury report. I didn't play this earlier. I uh, apologize, but here's Sark's uh, injury report that he gave, or injury update, what he gave earlier today. Um, just a little bit of an injury update. Um, you know, Watts and um, Austin Jordan will be uh, questionable here for Saturday. Um, Xavier will be will be good to go, and, and Malik Murphy practiced today as well, so uh, feel good about those two guys. So you may be a little beat up on the defensive end. Um, but looks like Xavier Worthy, and, and hats off to Xavier Worthy. Uh, I know I, I, a lot of people were asking me over the weekend why he stayed in the game, and I, I'll give hats off that he kept fighting through the injuries and fighting through the pain and getting back out and then playing at a really high level and still showing the speed while he's beat up. I, I think there, personally, I, I would guess that this is something to do with being a smaller guy and, you know, personally – you know, proving to everybody that he is as tough as anybody else who's bigger than him. And I think NFL draft stock wise, he knows that that's going to be one of the knocks is that he's getting knocked out of these games and he wants to show I'm not getting knocked out of the games. I'm getting knocked out of them briefly, but I'm coming back into them and can still perform. I think that's kind of, you know, something that him and Sark have probably talked about at points that I don't want to get pulled out because I'm hurt because, you know, I want to show that I am tough. I can get back out there. I'll go wrap it up and, and get back out there and walk it off. You know, I and I huge props to him for it. You know, I, I think there is a point where he worries a Texas fan that you don't want him to get hurt in those situations. But I also know he's trying to think of his future, and if that's the way he feels that uh, is the best way for him to get ahead, then uh, I see no problem in him going back out there and trying to get a few more plays. Yeah, also, it's about trust on those kickoff returns. And, you know, we know early in the Baylor game when there was so many muff punts, I think he trusts Xavier Worthy on the punts and kickoffs more than most, or at least the punts, uh, more than most guys. And so he's put him back out there for it, and uh, he didn't let anybody down. Let's get to Patrick's Big Fat Poll of the Day. Patrick's Big Fat Poll of the Day on the Horn. 512-447-3776. 512-447-3776 is the text line number. Patrick's big fat poll of the day today got a couple for you. I was gonna I was gonna make a joke, but I don't even think I, I don't need to trick you guys. I was gonna make a joke. Is Arch supposed to be? Is Arch gonna be the starter in the Big Twelve game? But we know that's just a joke. He looked good. He looked all right. Still a freshman. Uh, <laughs> the, the big fat poll of the day today. Who was your MVP? I know this is a difficult one because it was a team win and everybody seemed to play well and they spread the ball around and put in so many young guys. 
that I, you know, maybe I don't know. Is it you know uh, Jalen Ford led the team in tackles? Is it a sweat? Is it are you going to give it to Jet Bush for the great uh, the great senior day? He gets a sack and the great uh, pick six or the kick pick six or whatever you want to call that off the foot that he's able to bring back to houses. Maybe Jet Bush is the MVP. We're just saying who did the most in this game where a lot of a lot of younger guys played and uh, a lot of guys got a lot of playing time and got different carries. Keelan Robinson has two touchdowns in this game, a big kick return and an early touchdown. Maybe he's on that list for you. Jaden Blue looked amazing. You know, just let me know. Who do you think is your MVP is the easy one? And I asked you this last week, and I want to ask you now after a 57-7 win, what's your confidence level? Scale of 1 to 10, we're going to the Big 12 championship game. What's your confidence level with this team? Are you feeling much better now? You say, okay, Iowa State, they handled. It wasn't a blowout, but they handled them. There, you know, that was a it was an easier game to watch because it, you know, you were scared up front. And then it never really seemed like Iowa State really had a shot in that game. Texas Tech never had a shot in this game. So are you feeling better now that okay, the TCU and K State, those went in there? Or are you worried Oklahoma State? You maybe have a little less confidence because Oklahoma State tends to play Texas hard. Mike Gundy knows how to go in there and get this team riled up, and they're gonna try and do everything they can. You maybe not the confidence. Five one two. 4473776512447 I've got a, I will have an NFL one for you in the second hour too. I'll give you another poll in the second hour uh that I want to ask you about. But that is our questions to start off to get the text line rolling 5124473776 who is your MVP against Tech and what's your confidence level going in to the Big 12 championship game. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll get some of your texts. We will get to uh, some sound from Hook'em Up with Ian Rod B talking about the game, and we'll keep the show rolling here on the Sports Complex in the Horn 1019 AM 1260, the Horn app, and hornfm.com. Sports complex here on the horn. It's uh it's a good uh, it's a good day for some Jimi Hendrix. It's Jimi Hendrix's birthday today, or would have been his birthday today, so we're playing Jimi Hendrix for you all week long. Why not? Seems like a good reason to play some Jimi Hendrix. So, you know, keep it going, and then you know, maybe we'll get you know get into it for some Seattle guy. Dallas has got a big game coming up with Seattle on Thursday. It all works, it's all tied together. I can make it sports related somehow. But Jimi Hendrix's birthday uh, would have been today. So we're going to jam some Jimi Hendrix all week long here on the Sports Complex. The text line is open. 512-447-3776 is the text line number. 
3776. We're asking you who is your MVP and what's your confidence level going into the Big 12 championship. Of course, anything else you want to talk about? Any takeaways from the game? Anything you're feeling about going to Oklahoma State for the Big 12 championship? We're going to be talking college football playoff odds probably a lot more tomorrow uh, as we get to that ranking show and see. And, you know, you'll hear me complaining more about how Ohio State is getting favoritism treatment that they should not be getting. Not a fan of it. They... They lost as I predicted they would lose, and I know I get a lot of my predictions wrong, but that one was pretty sure of. I didn't think the game was even going to be as close as it was, so hats off to them for making it closer uh, than it than I thought it would be. But we'll get more into that tomorrow. But if you've got something you want to put, you got to take, you want to put out there, you can put that on the text line too. 512-447-3776. Uh, man, Rye Guy from New Mexico says, uh, what's up, man? I just wanted to say hey, and I hope you had a great Thanksgiving. I did it a very fun time. An early score prediction for the Big 12 championship is going to be Texas 35, Oklahoma State 17. All right. Early one. Coming in early with that one. This texture just says Arch Manning for president. <laughs> I love, look, he had an okay game. You know, he, he did well. I was really happy to see him. And I think we're all just so joyous and happy that Texas was playing a full game of football. And to see him come in and be able to get down and score some points, I just everyone was thrilled to see Arch Manning. And it was fun. We got to see the great Brett Yormark. They showed the video and the just a, just one of those games that, you know, could not have gone much better for Texas. Uh, couldn't have drawn it much up much better. I do want to play this sound from Hook Out with your IB. We're going to get back to the text line, 512-447-3776. Before we do that, I want to play some sound from Hook Up and Ian Robbie this morning talking about what a great senior night it was there at DKR. Can I play this for you, though, uh, Rod? I mean, fans were excited to, to hear from Steve Sarkeesian. This team has really come together, and as we said, they're, they're a very likable team. They have been all year, frustrating at times. But, um, you know, the key senior core group that was honored, the 23 seniors, who walked on Friday night, very emotional to start the ball game, and then uh, just a, a celebration at the end at DKR with the fans. I talked to so many folks over the weekend, Rod, who have gone to a lot of games, yep. but still say that was one of the best nights they've had uh, because of the drone show and just the just the, the, the ease with which they rolled past Texas Tech. Well, let's hear Sark. He also had some thoughts. Head coach Steve Sarkeesian afterwards, his initial thoughts on uh, just a great Friday night at, at the stadium. What a, what a cool night. What a cool nation. Uh, our fans were amazing. What a turnout. The energy they brought uh, for being Thanksgiving weekend. Our students weren't in school all week uh, to, to fill up the stadium with the energy that they brought. And then for our players uh, to have that experience as well, especially our seniors, you know, the, the, to think for them for the rest of their lives, um, this was their last time in DKR, you know, and, and, and what a, what a moment that they're going to get to carry with them for the rest of their lives. And so, you know, that's, that's part of what college athletics is about, you know, that we can create experiences for, for our young people that, A, help them grow and develop into the young men and into society that, that we want them to be proud of and that they can represent the University of Texas and our football program in a really good way. And some of those experiences are tough ones, which we've had tough ones, and some of them are great ones like tonight. Uh, but But hopefully they can – they can lean into what got us to this point, right? And what got us to some of those core values that we have in our organization that uh, that gets them to to believe and gets them to when, when you do things the right way, you can you can perform the way that we perform tonight. And uh, the total team effort couldn't be more proud of our defense and, and the way that they played. Um, 
That's a, that's a good rushing football team, and to defend the run the way that we did, to defend the pass the, the way that we did, to create the turnovers the way that we did uh, was just fantastic. I thought our special teams was, was lights out tonight. Um, you know, obviously that, that, that punt unit that they have, I think only had like 38 or 39 yards uh, in return yards. And that the idea that we were able to block a punt, we're able to create some explosive returns, obviously got the big kick return from Keelan Robinson uh, to, to kind of really spark us to start the second half. Uh, our ability to rush the football tonight uh, and then to, to take advantage of some opportunities in the passing game uh, and then to play a bunch of our young players uh, because those guys are the future of our program uh, was, was just a great night. It was a great celebration uh, for all parties involved and um, just really proud, really, really proud of everybody that, that put in a lot of work to get us to this point. But like I told the team uh, downstairs, we're not done. You know, we got one more, you know, and as much as this feels like a tremendous celebration, which it is um, to, to earn an opportunity to play for a big 12 championship. Um, we've got one more game next Saturday and it's going to be a quality opponent. We'll find out who that is. Um, but in the end, you know, I'm just, like I said, I'm, I'm happy for everybody uh, that got to experience this tonight, but um, you know, the mission's not complete. So we, we've got more work to do. The sports complex afternoons, five to seven of the horn. Sports Complex here on the Horn. Playing some Hendrix all week long because it's Hendrix's birthday today or would have been Hendrix's birthday today. Got the text line open and running right now. 512-447-3776. We are asking you who was your MVP for Texas versus Texas Tech. We're asking what your confidence level is. Uh, going into the Big 12 championship game with Oklahoma State, a one-loss team in the regular season. And uh, if you got anything else you want to talk about, any questions or comments or whatever else you got, send those in as well, 512-447-3776. Dexter says, running back room is great, but we have to give credit to the O-line as well. Yes, very much so. You have to give it to the scheme. The O-line did a great job of blocking. Blocked well for Quinn as well for most of the game. Uh, and then you got that second string O-line that came in and played really well uh, with Arch and, and with Jaden Blue some and, and with Savion Red and with Wisner. Uh, the, the offensive line... You know, it's a good thing. I was explaining to somebody that did not know about the Pancake Factory and what it meant to kind of take that NIL and be able to get an offensive line depth where you're able to get a lot of guys that you, even if they're not playing, they know they're still a scholarship offensive lineman. They're going to get some money, which may make them play there as opposed to trying to be a starter somewhere else and let them progress. And, you know, we talked earlier about the player development for Texas and what that means. To be able to have the player development of those offensive linemen that are growing and getting better while they're still working to get better before they get on the field and, and get their turn. Uh, just a great, great performance. Dexter says, 
tech don't matter, but because of the Joey Loudmouth you are marking those fans was as enjoyable as a game that I've ever been a part of. Yeah, it was. I mean, after last year and, and after, you know, the offseason and Brett Yormark and Joey McGuire coming out and talking a lot of trash, you know, it wasn't a great team, but to go out there and handle them and not give them any satisfaction whatsoever, it was a really great uh, f- f- way to spend a Friday night. Vintage Scott says the MVP is Jaden Blue, had a huge run and did well outside of the huge run as well. And the confidence level versus Oki Light is nine. Nine. I, yeah. I think nine is pretty good. Eight or nine right now is feeling pretty good. You can still be a little bit of trepidation of, you know, is this team for, you know, going to be able to do this, continue to do it. I think added in with what they did against Iowa State, where it was another game where it never really felt in doubt against Iowa State. And I know it was three to six, but that was with the two called back touchdowns on penalties. So I think that if you take back, though, you say, okay, it could have been 20 to three at halftime of that Iowa State game and the whole game's different. I, I, the confidence level seems a little bit higher. Uh, I'm going against the grain on MVP. I'm nominating freshman DB uh, Manny Muhammad. He came in the game for injury. Rod Watts in the first defensive series and balled out the whole game. The future looks bright with young players like him and Anthony Hill. My confidence level against Oklahoma State is a 10. I think Texas is playing good, solid ball again. And Oklahoma State's strength goes against our strength. The run game, RD will stop them from Arborhorn 81. I like that. Manny Muhammad did have a great game, came in and did really well. The, the future in the secondary for Texas is getting better. We know that D-line. They're going to have to replenish after this season, clearly, if you're going to lose to Vondre Sweat, if Byron Murphy leaves as well. We don't know that. But uh, if you start to lose those guys, Alfred Collin is a senior as well. If you start to lose some defensive line health, you're going to have to keep replenishing. I think that they're developing. And, you know, you won't be able to have the same D-line next year, but it'll still be a good one. But that secondary can keep getting better. Uh, I know Kobe Black, the, the DB, uh, that is a five-star and everybody's really looking at right now. He had a push. He pushed back his date, and what I'd read was that it was, he was going to do it in the auditorium, uh, the reveal of where he was going, but then they have a UIL one-act play competition, so he's not going to be able to do it there, and so he's pushing it back, but it's that's another one. Kobe Black is another guy that could be part of that revitalized secondary that is starting to get better, and I agree with you, Texter, uh, with, with you. Uh, was it Arbor Horn, 81. Thanks for texting in, and I think that that is – uh, Manny Muhammad did have a really good game in that uh, and came in and made some big plays early on and some big stops when they when they attacked him. It's a good call on that one. Uh, Texter asked, will Texas get in the playoffs? We'll talk about that more tomorrow. Uh, I like the question. There's a lot going on. Uh, we've seen that Ohio State is still getting favorable treatment. That's kind of the big thing right now. Of course, you need Florida State to lose, but we'll talk more about that tomorrow. Uh, but, yeah, I think there's still a shot for Texas to get in. You have to handle your business, and you have to handle it well, but I think there's still a shot for Texas to get in this college football playoff. It could have been a lot easier on this Monday, but we'll talk more about it tomorrow because the college football playoff rankings will come out, and we can kind of give a better idea of what we're talking about then, uh, especially once we get into, once we find out where they put Ohio State after that Michigan uh, game, Michigan-Ohio State game, which I'm fine. By the way, I'm fine never hearing the phrase, the game ever again. I'm fine without ever hearing that. The amount of times they said it and how they said, the game, and you're like, we get it. It's a good game. Calm down. Calm down, everybody. I get it. It's branding. I get it. It's better. It's 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 not better than Bedlam, and it is better than the Red River Showdown. I know they're trying to brand it as the game, but I don't like – it's one of those things that makes me hate you because you're cocky, and I'm like, well, no, because we're not from the Northeast, so we don't care about that. Like, you can't call that the game. 
you can. You I mean you can, but we're not going to treat it like that because you're not giving it anything original. You're just being cocky again, Ohio State, and to the Ohio State. I don't. I don't like any of that. It, it's annoying. Be happy, but you know, A and M didn't hire Ryan Day, so they got that going for them. They'll still get that. Let's take one more text, and then uh, we will get to. Uh, the tech, we will get to uh, the break, six o'clock hour. We'll get to more of the text in there and some NFL talk and some Texas basketball talk. Uh, what is your take on Malik after this year? Do you think he transfers to a school out in California? USC, maybe. Uh, I, I think he does a little bit. I, it would not surprise me if he transfers, especially if Quinn comes back. And I know there's reports that Quinn thinking about coming back, and the reports are that he may come back and he probably wants to come back now because the draft stock's a little bit lower. But. If Texas wins a Big 12 championship, has a good game there, goes to the college football playoffs, and has two good games in the college football playoffs, I, you know, that could change the decision as well. That could change it to, okay, well, I did all I wanted to do at Texas. It's time to move on. So we don't know. We won't know until we get to the end of the season uh, what Quinn's decision, and once he steps away from the game for a minute and can take a break uh, to get out and get his own opinion back. But I think if Quinn stays – then you know, then it's Quinn and Arch then in the battle for one and two, and Malik's kind of fighting for that two three spot, and it might be in his best interest to go. But I don't know Malik Murphy perfectly per, uh, personally, so we won't know until he makes his decision. I did see that uh, Will Howard apparently reportedly is already in the going to enter into the transfer portal. We're gonna get to more of your texts when we come back. Five one two four four seven three seven seven six. Texas gets a win over Wyoming. We will talk about that. Texas basketball does. Texas women's basketball, by the way, dominate. I'll mention all those scores as well when we come back. Uh, and then we'll talk about some NFL that happened over the break. We have not been on the air since Wednesday, so all the games starting with the Cowboys going through the games last night and the coach firing, and we'll talk all about that when we come back here on the Sports Complex and the Horn One Hundred One Nine AM twelve sixty, the Horn App, and HornFM.com.